Good morning, hello, good afternoon, good evening, depending on where you are in the world. My name is Eddie Pabone, Mr. Light and Love, here with the Leche We Are podcast to bring you some love, energy, community, healing, and empowerment. Today's guest is going to be uh, talking about domestic violence. We got the color purple going up, so we are hoping that we have some valuable information to share with you today. It's a serious topic, but we want to sort of be a resource more than heavy, right? Uh, so let's get started. I want to introduce you all to Miss Delise Chung Rivera of Del Caro. How you doing? Hi, Eddie. How are you? I'm excellent. Thank you for coming on. It's a pleasure to have you. Um, Thank you for having me. So, Delise, for those of you who don't know, Delise, uh, she she runs an organization called Del Caro, which we'll talk about in a moment. Uh, she and I met, you and I met, at a domestic violence awareness panel that was somewhere downtown in Manhattan when things were normal before pandemic life, right? And she Corona. <laughs> it's interesting because domestic violence for me is one of those things where like I, I you know I've worked with people with domestic violence like I never um, I never really turned a mirror on to like my own upbringing and sort of how that affected you know me and how I think and how my relationships are and things like that right so this is an interesting discussion we um, that we're gonna have today I think and I think it's a much needed one all right because um there's a this there's, there's an uptick in this very issue since our pandemic right so delise tell us tell us a little bit about yourself tell us about your organization go <laughs> hi eddie hi everybody good morning good morning happy sunday um i'm delighted that eddie chose me to be on the podcast and um it's so refreshing to bring a new light um, for those who don't know me, I'm Delise Chang Rivera, the founder of Del Caro uh, Training and Logistic in New York City. And I founded Del Caro um, based on a need that I've been seeing because I work in a university setting and I'm part of the public safety department. Mm -hmm. um, I wouldn't say the university, but if you go to my um, website, of course, it has the name. Um, and I've been doing this for quite some time, like planning DV uh, workshops um, in conjunction with the, um, the student life of the school to just bring awareness. Because we believe if you give the resources before, it's more beneficial than after. Mm, so preventive measures rather than reactive right. measures, yes? Yes. Awesome. So what, what sort of training and logistics does the car uh, provide? So we do a lot of workshop like CPR, first aid, um, uh, DV workshop, of course, um, sexual assault uh, symposiums, um, just being a beacon of light to the community and bringing um, resources, like I mentioned, because it's much needed now more than ever, um, as you can see what's happening in the world. Yeah, it's, it's 
it's one of those things like where domestic violence has been around forever, right? And and we sort of just have adapted to life. It's been it's been such a normalized sort of thing. And it's not, it's not supposed to be, right? We ha we right. have a healthier consciousness now. We're starting to starting to wake up as a like collective, right? right. But um I know back in the day, like media, you know, support look made women look subservient, right? And and it was always women's rights was a thing, right? And still is a thing to some extent. So there's a lot of progression to be made there. But with those, with that per mindset about like how people, uh, how women are almost looked at as like less powerful or less than were looked at, right? Because that's an old school frame of mind and a really naive um, thought process. But when that happens, then you have males sort of, it's normal to be abusive. It's normal to be oppressive, right? It's normal to, and so there is no issue there. And then we make progress in, in, in our consciousness, hopefully, and we start to see, well, that is an issue, right? And women are dying and, and men are dying because it's also like a duality, right? There are men who are in domestic violence relationships as well. Of course. So tell me, I'm interested, like, I'm always interested in why people do what they do. Like, what, what made you want to target domestic violence? Like, how has it personally affected you? Uh, it, it, it's kind of close to home because, you know, growing up, and it didn't register until now. Growing up, I was always, it was nine of us, um, a very large family, so to speak. Um, and it was always yelling, you know, um, my dad and mom always screaming at each other. And as I grew up, I thought that was normal, you know, and you kind of like go through life thinking that's somewhat normal. And then my sister, um, you know, she was in a situation um, with a guy who she married and who was very abusive to her. And you know, she, we think, and the doctors believe because she ultimately passed away with breast cancer because she would get hit really bad with, with, with irons and thing. And, and we're talking about, this is back in Guyana where I'm from. So it, it was very, back then it, it was very under hush. Like nobody spoke about DV, but you know, a lot of the families were affected and she was beaten throughout the whole marriage. She probably stayed with him for about 10 years. And um, it was kind of normal. She would leave and go back. I would see my mom. You know, I, I was a child then, probably like 10, 11. My mom would um, go and take her from the home. And then she'll come and stay by us. And then she'll go back. Because he'll come and say, oh, but I love you and the kids. And... Yeah, it it's 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 harsh, you know. I'm sorry to hear that about your sister yeah. and, and something that we have in common actually you should you shared that you have like the nine of you, right? Yeah. There's there's seven of us from mom and like four from dad. Mm -hmm. It's like eleven of us, yeah. it's a lot of us. They were busy. But <laughs> uh it, it's I mean in all seriousness, I I noticed that I tend to like try to make like jokes and laughs out of tough situations right as like a defense mechanism for my own self but yeah. um in all actuality we're talking about some serious heavy stuff and i want to be i would like you said a resource today hopefully this podcast can be some sort of a resource to anybody who's experiencing domestic violence in a situation or maybe dating someone who feels like it and they're not sure what it looks like 
So I want to, you know, dive into that a little bit more um, and really sort of spell it out for people because when things are normalized, like what we were talking about, then uh, I, what I worry about is that th there's this normal behavior, this repetitive cycle that continues in other family sectors. And so children are being raised that, you know, it's okay. You know, so I've, I know personally, I've worked with some children recently and I'm not at capacity to like, to, to intervene because, you know, I'm like contracting with an organization and, right. and I'm coming in to provide mindfulness, you know, to the kids. Uh, but one of the kids is clearly being some sort of abuse at home or neglected. And she's a female and she comes from a uh, Muslim religion, you know? And so there's, there's a lot of, there's a lot of like disempowerment there with women, I find personally. And I don't know if this is factual or, you know, but from what I understand, like, you know, you're not supposed to show your face and, and and i'm not attacking any religions i don't want to offend anyone i just sort of want to understand how this empowers women and how this is coming from a place of love right everything we talk about is love energy community right. healing empowerment does it feel good does it feel like it's growing you are you being empowered or are you being disempowered are you feeling closed are you feeling anxious depressed scared you know these are these are signs right I'm assuming. So you, yeah, you help me yeah. out here. I'm, I'm, okay. I'm, You're yeah. the expert. I'm just sort of like. <laughs> I, yes. Everything that you're saying so far is actually factual. And I think when it comes to DV, it's obviously it's a uh, it's a culture disparity between, you know, what uh, and and um, a Muslim um, or I say religion. Um, may go through DV and then somebody of maybe of Catholic or a different religion, they might be more outspoken um, versus, you know, um, somebody from a Muslim background because in certain culture, and I could speak for myself in Guyana growing up, there is a lot of Muslims, Indians. Um, so DV was kind of a norm. Like you would always hear the dad yelling at kids cursing, saying derogatory things and throwing, you know, different instrument. And you kind of think that's the norm. And for their culture, they never spoke about it. So um, I can definitely see that, uh, you know, certain religion, they don't really speak about it. And, and it's not that it's acceptable, but it's just that certain things they don't talk about. They were taught not to speak on certain things and especially um, women from maybe the Middle Eastern uh, background, they are deemed as, you know, um, not to speak, let the man do all the talking, um, yep. you know, because it, it, the uh, university that I work for, a lot of it has different ethnic backgrounds and you'll see, uh, you know, and I've dealt with many cases where I can't get into them, but where you may have somebody from, um, let's say from Pakistan, um, he or she may be going, experiencing DV, but they're told, listen, just don't say anything. There's not a problem. Just keep it on the hush. You're not allowed to speak on this, you know? And so yeah. they're kind of brainwashed Yep. Um, to accept this as normal behavior. Yeah. 
which which I think just plain out fucking sucks because it's yeah. like you know life yeah. is so short and and we we're these poor little girls are being yeah. you know told you have to act and feel a certain way you're not allowed to feel outside of that and, and yeah. or operate outside of that and it's so limiting um and depressing right and scary yeah. you know it's scary to be scared all the time it's to be in fear to living fear living fear energy 24 7 you just don't know when is the next yeah. boom you know what i mean and it's tough you know shout out to everybody that's that's in yeah. that's just staying strong in tough times and 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 people who are exiting situations that don't serve them blessings to you you know yeah. you don't and deserve anything less than love the pandemic has made it really difficult because we have to social we have to stay home right yeah. <laughs> and before men were going to work right yeah. or women were going to work mm -hmm. and i want to be clear about that for a second like do we have any statistics on i would like to look this up any statistics on men who are in domestic violence relationships because oftentimes we sort of like focus on women and we'll get you know we'll do for for all intents and purposes we'll sort of cover both um, I know we talk as a society and culture more about women naturally, but in my experience, there are men out there who are being abused by women and in the same capacity. And in, of course. it feels the same. It feels scary to see an experience. You know, I, I remember in the streets seeing a man getting beat up by his girlfriend and he looked so embarrassed and demasculated and I was, I felt bad for him and, you know, he just didn't even put his face up. Like, and you could see, she's like, watch when we get home. And I'm like, oh my God, that's more like, yeah. you yeah. know, so. It's, it's, it's equally bad for men. But like I said, um, men are taught to be macho, to be, you know, suppress your feelings, whatever feelings you have as a man, you don't show it. Because remember as a kid, your parents would say, be a man, you know that that kind of statement so you're like okay so if my girl is hitting me okay that's nothing i'll just suck it up and 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 that's how men statistics are never really reported you yeah. know kind of suppressed versus female they're you know they're more than likely to come forward than the male yeah and, and and so I actually I pulled up some statistics here while we were while we were chatting for a second. And it says you know um, statistically twenty people per minute are being abused by their partner, uh, and these are U.S. facts and it's a national it's national statistic and that's reported right. So those are like the ones that are making it to getting documented. How many people are not reporting? Right? How many people oh, are in domestic? Oh my God, so many. It's terrifying, like I, you know, and I don't want to. Again, I, you know, I'm always positive. I'm always keeping yeah. it about being positive, and and this is just one of those topics where you just can't be positive about it, other than, you know, being the resource, the resolution. You know what I mean? Sort of like being the light and and the reality that if you are in a domestic violence relationship and you're watching this, I want you to know mm -hmm. that you have the power to take control of your life. You have that within you. You just need to just look inside and find that strength and do what you need to do for yourself to be safe, okay? Exiting a situation that does not make you safe is not being, it's not betraying your partner. It's not, it's, it's not the wrong thing to do. It's not love if they keep saying sorry and they, and they keep doing it again, okay? You can love people and let them go in love. 
But for your own protection, for your own safety, I always say to create your barrier, right? And this is a perfect, I love the logo for that. It has so many different like things in it. I got to get my merch. You know, yes, <laughs> definitely. If you're watching this too, check out letcherryyard.com. Quick plug. But no, <laughs> um, no. but Del Caro, you want to definitely follow Del Caro. You want to check out delcaronyc.com. You want to find resources to put yourself in a better space and protect yourself first, okay? A lot of women have children, a lot of women are uh, financially dependent on men and vice versa, right? And, or, or even in same-sex marriages, right? Not mm-hmm. to alienate that because domestic violence, violence. Yeah. yes, same-sex, yeah. I've personally experienced it where I dated yeah. someone who just snapped and mm-hmm. it, it's like, you don't know. You don't know when they're gonna- Of course. You don't know, you just don't know, right? And <laughs> it's scary as fuck. It is. It, it's, you know, it's hard. It is because at, at the end of the day, you're like, oh, but I love this person. But, you yeah. know, love is blind. You know? It's a tricky, and you know, we're taught, like, if you love someone, ride or die. You know what I mean? And, and uh, all these things that are, like, you have to just deal with bullshit and you have to deal hard. And it doesn't matter if it's self-sacrificing. That's true love. And that's not. It's not true. Love begins with self. Yeah. When you love someone, you were able to love yourself enough to know that this person is not only harmful to you, but they're harmful to themselves. They're clearly yeah. carrying around toxic energy, some form of PTSD, some programming that that to them allows them to be destructive towards you, and that's not. This is a recipe for disaster. You know, it's sad to me to think that you have to wonder whether or not your sister passed because of an illness that was an illness or an illness that was yeah. related to her abuse. You know yeah. what I mean? And that's like, I mean, she rests in peace, you know, shout out to her. Yeah, I don't know. So Here's a stand. But, yeah. um, uh, ugh. okay. Yeah. Hi. So <laughs> it, that was heavy, you know, it, you never get over, um, someone passing and, you know, it, especially someone close to you, um, you know, it, it just never, it never goes away, you know, but with time and with the right type of people, you know, and right type of energy around you, such as yourself and Leche, we are, you can, uh-huh. you can cope, you find like a coping mechanism to, to keep you going. You know, especially in times like these. And that's that's beautiful. Thank you for that. I mean, um, I I think it's admirable that you can take something that you like you said it was pain. It was a pain point for you. It was something that that you experienced that was difficult to experience. And then you through time you process, you healed, and now you've created, you've turned that pain into a resource for other people who are experiencing similar things, right? Yeah. And that's good. I love that. That's why you're here. That's why I believe, you know, you're a leader in the community where, where a lot of us are like identifying this need, but sort of like, well, some entity will fix it. Or, you know, those people will just, a lot of people, I've heard this before, and I'd like your opinion on this. A lot of people feel like, well, why don't they just get out of that relationship? Like what's wrong with them? You know? And I, I've, in fact, I actually asked one of my, um, one of my, people who uh, I was talking to before uh, we met and I was like, if you had any questions, what would that, you know, what would you ask for someone in domestic violence? And she's like, well, you know, I just, what, why do people stay in those relationships? Um, that's a tough question. Um, 
someone once told me, and this is a, a victim that I've been in close contact providing her resources. Um, and she said to me, I didn't even ask the question. She said to me, I know you're thinking, why don't I just leave? And I wow. said, I said, no, I, I, I wasn't actually thinking that. And then she said, you know, the reason why it's easy to stay than to actually leave. Because if I leave, they'll know where I am and they'll find me, you know. That's scary stuff. So it, it was hard. It was it was harsh hearing that from her. And she has been a victim for years. But now, thankfully, she got out. She was able to get out safely with her son. But, you know, at that time, she was going through a rough time where she found staying would be more beneficial than actually picking up and leaving. Yeah, and you said something that was also profound that I think is one of the reasons as well, right? That to answer my own question, it's like the children factor. Like I noticed that a lot of women and a lot of men, because again, I've, I've met a lot of men and I'm like, wow, mm -hmm. this happens more so than not, you know, that mm -hmm. are like, I, I don't want to be in this relationship anymore. We're destructive, but we have three kids and I, I got to stay for the kids and I want to challenge that. I want to I wanna say, and you can agree or disagree with me, this is an open space. I don't know everything. I want to make that disclaimer, folks. I'm learning and growing through through these experiences, right? Through these talks. Oh, of course. But, you know, this is, I want to have a healthy discussion about, like, yeah. um, ways to bring me back. Where was I just now? Because I lost it. <laughs> um, um, a, a space. Um, creating a safe uh, ah, so people who stay because of kids yes sorry um so the the safe space kids need to be raised kids are learning how to be right from us they are, are from our parent from parents right from you from the person who is saying i need to stay in this relationship from the from the person who's the perpetrator and both the victim right and so when you say you want to you want to stay for the children. I feel so personally like, oh my God, you're doing so much more damage to this child by staying mm -hmm. than you are by leave than by, by leaving. And, and this may be a personal opinion, but I know for me and my own life experience, my whole life, and you know my story, mm -hmm. has been turned upside down. My first life experience. And, I, and this is free 99, you know, preview on Amazon or whatever. After the yeah. sun rises in December, I talk about it in the book. It's like, is mom being pistol with and, and dad playing Russian roulette with her in the bathtub? And I remember that I was playing with my little toy in the bathtub and I heard mom crying and I look over and I see through the crack of the door. She's sitting on a weight bench and he's got a gun and then the whole thing. And he hits her, he pistol whips her and he pushes her into the bathroom. And mm -hmm. for me, I always used to just, I, from a kid's perspective, I loved my father naturally, right? Mm -hmm. So I would be like, dad, why, why, please, please don't hit mommy. You know, yeah. it hurts her. Yeah. And, and he would get upset and go beat them more. Yeah. You know? And so I learned quickly not to talk about it because he would think that they were talking to me to try to manipulate me to 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 turn them turn me against him to be on her side yeah right and it was just yeah. like 
no sides here. I just don't want violence at home. Yeah. I'm an innocent child that has no fucking clue what's going on. And you two right. adults are setting the, uh, the the idea, the the foundation, the stage for my life experience. And yeah. if my life experience as a little girl is that that's what women do, that's or a little boy, that's what men do. You know, you hit your wife when she doesn't cook right, or when she doesn't, when she looks the wrong way, or or she does something that annoys you. Your reaction is to to make her learn, and that's not that be that that's the problem, right, right yeah, there. So like, that's, that's that's not normal, you know. And those are all learned behaviors because you learn from your parents. That's the first person that you see as a role model growing up. So you try to emulate. Um, your parents in every way, shape, and form. And I, I, I can identify with some of the things that you just spoke about because, like I said, growing up in my household, my mom and dad, they've been together for 60 plus years, but it was a tumultuous relationship. They would always be screaming, yelling, you know, for no apparent reason. And we kind of normalize that at kids, you know, Yes, and it's it's not just a guy. It's like it's a Latin thing. It's a it's a, it's it's a universal thing. A lot of time we tend to like go from our own personal experience and we'll be like, oh well, you know, you know how us people of color are. No, this is a human thing. Like yeah. we scream to be heard. Why do we scream? We're screaming because we're feeling like we're not being heard. Okay, right. I'm big on like peeling back the layers of the onion. Why are you doing what you're doing? And yeah. if your only go to is Ah, like it's because you're feeling like you're not being heard, but guess what? You're kind of also demolishing the point of, of, of whatever you're trying to get across because yeah. you're being an asshole, you're doing it the wrong way. You know what I mean? yeah. Um, and not to be judgmental, people cope the way they cope, but it's never okay, ever okay, yeah. to physically violate someone to verbally violate someone. You, you keep mentioning the screaming thing and that's great because one of the things that I wanted to talk to you about was the different types of domestic violence. Oftentimes we think domestic violence is just, you know, hitting and physical. Yeah. Um, but there are other types, right? Mental. Yeah. What Mental. does that look like? Um, Oh, for example, if you're in a, a relationship, your spouse might say, oh, why don't you lose some weight? You're, you're getting too chubby, mm. you know, or, um, you know, you, you, you need to look a little slimmer. Um, you, you're such an idiot, you know, oh. calling these things. We don't kind of harp on these little things that that's being said, but I think we need to because I think it starts from there. And like I said, it's all a learned behavior. What you saw your parents did, you kind of transfer that as an adult into mm -hmm. your relationship because that's all you 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 seen back then. So it, yeah. it and like that's verbal abuse, right? Me, yeah. Mima, hi Mima, Mima rocks here. She says uh, verbal abuse. Yeah. So yeah, absolutely. Um, I think that. I think that for this, there's physical, there's verbal, and then in mental, right? Emotional. Emotional. Yeah. So emotional is a big one. Emotional is big because the physical, it comes naturally with the physical, with the verbal, with the, right? It's like a side effect, but also like it's a grooming as well. It, it takes some sort of like, 
all these waves of this energy of this like violence and this verbal attacking and this physical uh, attacking will create emotional abuse in that you'll feel like constantly in fear you'll feel constantly attacked you'll feel constantly demeaned demoralized you you, you feel helpless right a lot of the time spiritual too eddie i was uh speaking to a friend the other day and she said do you know a DV has a spiritual kind of aspect? And I said, how? Mm-hmm. She said, you know, if the man or the woman is um, in a certain uh, religion, they might kind of coerce the person into accepting or, you know, turning them to that religion, even though they're this religion, you know. Yeah, that happens yeah. often, uh, and religion is a whole other can of worms. It seems oh, yeah. to be deeply tied to, it seems to be deeply tied to partner violence, sexual mm. violence, which is interesting because these are supposed to be the very entities that we're raised to believe are here for serving us and protecting mm. us and mm-hmm. and being of a resource to us. So it's 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 definitely traumatic and shocking to yeah. be coming from a community where you're being taught and i mean i saw this this is a very big extreme and it's interesting that you mentioned that i was watching uh tony robbins i believe it is he's a big yeah. time you know yeah, I, I know who he is yeah. i love him so yeah. i love all of them bob proctor lisa nichols like i can go down the list but um yeah i was watching him and he he had like he called on somebody random in the audience and she broke down and said you know she was raised in a religion the the, the christ christ uh uh, what is it? The Rose of Rose and Krishnas, something like that. Who's Harry Krishnas? Harry I, I think I, I don't know. They basically like the 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 the, the Krushans or something like that. I, I have to look this up. But in any in any way, they they're like a line of direct descendants, apparently, of Christ, supposedly. Oh, okay. and I'm not familiar with them, but I don't know. The the people, you know, the religions, many of the religions, in any event, um, they are taught that love from God is sexual abuse. Hmm. And so these are, and this is normal. And this woman breaks down and says she has an entire community. There's a community, meaning like, you know, down the block, around the corner, up the, upstairs, downstairs, at any point in time, you could be sexually abused. And that is that is told to you that that is the way God gives you love. Wow. I've never heard of that. And she broke down and it was like the most, I was like, wow, that is fucking deep. Can you imagine? So, so she's conflicted because she hates God. Of course. You understand? Like, and my it's hairs are standing just even talking about that. Like one person, because religion I, I'm, with Christianity, I know it is, is God is love. Um, you know, He's divine love, and He He has no barrier. He loves everyone, every race, every nationality, every sexual orientation, everything. You know, so here you have it. This woman is saying X, Y, and Z about her abuse being something from god i would hate god too and 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 she broke and said you know this is not just me this is the norm that that your neighbor can say you know come over and play with my daughter 
and you know have a three-way with you and the daughter and 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 these are children and it's just dad giving love through god and it's fucking sick it's really it twisted like it's just like oh my god i don't even know how to address that it's one thing that i don't support in leche i always say this you know it's leche is an open community for everyone love energy community healing empowerment and that's what i love about it that does not have anything to do with abusers. I do not welcome abusers unless you are re in rehabilitation of self and you are truly repetitive in terms of, and I'm not talking about a spiritual level, I'm talking about you are sorry that you had no clue and you came back to consciousness somehow. And typically this doesn't happen unfortunately because people are narcissists that typically abuse right and narcissists are all about like the programming of a narcissist is fuckery in itself it's like all about me fuck you and i'm gonna stomp on you and anyone to get in my way and i don't feel bad about that that's a learned behavior i think and a lot of times you get it from your parents but it's interesting because I had the opposite effect. Like I came from, well, then maybe, maybe mom's influence is like what I'm carrying, but yeah. my mom was loving and, and Christ consciousness and yeah. you know, all that stuff. And, um, dad was like the devil yeah. and he literally actually he chased me around with like a little fucking devil uh mask that he had <laughs> he would no, he had a little, like uh, a metal heavy oh. devil mask. And it scared the fucking living shit out of me. And he chased me around with it. And he would tell me, the devil's going to get you. The devil's going to get you. I'm the devil's son. And you're my son. And it was just very fucking weird. I was raised so weird. Like, duality of shit. You can identify some aspect of being raised weird. So, you know, like, I can identify with screaming. Because it's something that I'm working on. And it's not working. I've worked on it. I don't scream anymore and to, to be heard. Like, I don't need to scream to be heard. I, yeah. I can say what I need to say. And just get it off my chest. And I don't need to be... I think we're almost taught that, like, when you're trying to make somebody feel your pain, because that's what's happening. Mm -hmm. When you're feeling triggered, you're feeling an emotional response, and then you're trying to externalize that and make someone else feel it. And this is where the perpetrating begins. Yeah. Um, but if you can identify that you're just going through something, identify with that emotion and not externalize it, perhaps you can stop abusing people and grow as a person. <laughs> um, but, you know, I used denial to be a screamer. To be denial, like if you're the abuser or the victim, you know, denial, it plays a big factor because you don't want to believe if you're the victim that this person that says that I love you would actually inflict harm on you. Yeah, you know, so it, it's somewhat of a denial, and 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 if you're the perpetrator, you, you don't, you're not really conscious, or you don't want to be conscious. I think of your behavior, because let's say you grew up in an abusive home, that's all you see your mom or dad do. You're like, yeah, this is normal, you know. Yeah. Yeah, and, and especially when talking to kids, right? We, we teach kids, which is a form of abuse as well, mm -hmm. right? It's domestic violence. And I think that's another thing to sort of keep in the reality of things. We often think of domestic violence as like, you know, men and women um, and, and usually the woman, but we've already spoken about how it's man and man or man and woman, but the woman on the man, right? Or however, mm -hmm. the gender doesn't apply. It's just human on human abuse. But Correct. then yes, human on human abuse in that, if children are being exposed to this, 
even just screaming at each other, like, fuck you, no, fuck you. These kids are learning how to express themselves when they're feeling heavy emotion. So this is why a lot of, I find anyway, that a lot of times kids are having issues in school because as teenagers, we're expressing ourselves and we're all about like, in your face, this is me trying to find myself. You know what I mean? And when something goes wrong, they get into fights, they get into arguments, they have disagreements that are heavy. And then we're being called in as parents, like, what happened? Oh, well, I punched that bitch in the face because she made me mad or whatever the hell happened that they made me mad. So I let them have it. And that's where's that coming from? That's learned behavior. Of course. They saw it at home and they're just expressing um, what they feel because it was learned at home. Like everything that you do, like that's why it's so important. You know, you don't have to be perfect, but it, it's very important that you don't display certain behaviors as a parent. And and sometimes being a parent, you know, especially if you're a new parent, it's hard, you know, being a parent, like raising a boy or, or a girl or a child, period, you know. So these these learned behavior you know that you experience from your your parents transfer like when you become a parent you may not yeah. know how to communicate so you continue to yelling and screaming and and we all have done it i know i'm guilty of it i'm not perfect i've done it with my kids and then when i caught myself i'm like oh no this was exactly what my parents used to do with me and then i'll calm down and then i'll say you know well, I'm not yelling. Or my kids would say, well, mom, why are you yelling? I'm like, I'm sorry. I apologize. I'm not yelling. I just, you I'm know. I'm trying to get you to hear me. Yeah, I'm I trying to make sure that my point is coming across. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Yeah. It's interesting. But, you know, that's what I love about certain kids, too. And I think that's big on breaking cycles. It's like insightful parents like you, people who come from situations, like from religions, from culture that dictates that you need to be you need to be abused because you're literally just just because you're a woman or whatever you know and Mm -hmm. you come along and you're strong and you're representing light in Mm -hmm. opposition to that and the reality of what it should be like right um and then the gaslighting i want to talk about gaslighting because this is a term that is used a lot when it comes to domestic violence so for those who are not who are totally naive never you know maybe in something and it feels like is this domestic violence? Um, but he loves me so much, and it's probably my fault that he's reacting this way, right? Tell yeah. me about gaslighting, or talk to, to, to educate us. I think a lot of times, like I mentioned with my sister, like he would come around the abuser and say, you know, I love you so much. You know, I, I don't know what got over me. Um, you know, but I promise I'll change the next time. And then the next time and the next time and so forth. And it just continues. And that is not a situation you want to really put yourself into. And I know it's easier said than done. But like I mentioned earlier about, you know, people uh, wanting to um, feel love or, 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 or be loved. So they accept certain behavior. You know, it becomes a norm. And you're yeah. like, oh, but I'll go back. He said he won't do it again. Yeah, and the or the only reference point is like dad, who used to do that to mom anyway, and they're still together, right? Yeah. So that's a long-lasting, loving relationship. That's what that's supposed to. It's not. It's not. No. And you know, 
It's an unhealthy relationship. My parents' relationship is totally unhealthy. And I didn't know of it until I became an adult and I was kind of, um, you know, put into to, to this field that I'm in and I've been doing it for a while and I recognize and I understand, I'm like, their relationship is the most freaking unhealthiest relationship that I've ever seen. But they think it's normal. Yeah. Yeah, and that's, you know, it's interesting because I'm always talking about this concept of pre-contemplation. People, some people call it denial, but denial a lot of times comes from pre-contemplation. For some people, it's denial because they know and then they choose to like just be anyway and there's no growth there. Like that's, that's just a fixed mindset. But, you know, for some people, they don't know that they don't know. So like, what do you mean? So what? I punched them in the face. Like that's, he shouldn't have said what he said. Yeah. You know, you're just like, oh, you normal. need a clue. <laughs> yeah. You know? Yeah. <laughs> you need a clue. And yeah. I, I have a hard time. I'm, you know, I'm cool and everything, right? But I'm also a realist and I have a hard time being quiet about that. And it's gotten me into trouble a couple of times. Like, and, and you know, I have sisters who are affected by domestic violence. Um, mm -hmm. And I say sisters with an S, right? Um, and it, that's what they yeah. come from. I, you know, they, there's been sexual assault and foster care and so many things that I've experienced as well. Like I lost a friend, may she rest in peace, um, Gia. She was, I'll give you an example of what domestic violence looks like folks and the folks and the consequences. If you're watching and you're thinking, well, maybe he'll change, maybe things will be different. You know, Gia and her, her partner who's missing in action now, God knows where he is or if he ever got caught, but um, her partner at the time used to like to grab her and shove her. And mm. she is like, you know, it's, it's to her, it was, it wasn't that serious. It wasn't anything heavy. It was just like, he loves me. He just got frustrated. And one day he shook her and she fell back. She hit her head mm. and he told her, she said, I have a headache. I don't feel good. And she was bleeding. And he told her to just clean up the fucking blood, shut the fuck up and go to sleep. And unfortunately, she listened to him. She went into the room to go to sleep and she never woke up. Mm. So uh, you just never know, you know, a one more time could be the last time. No. And, and, and you just don't, you know, we think, oh, well, if you throw something at me, I'll just get a bruise. No, we could knock you unconscious mm. and kill you, you know? And, and I was experienced my own personal domestic violence, both being a perpetrator, being honest, and being a victim. But this was, again, not something I was in a male on male relationship. So I felt like I was being violated. And this is a man thing. Like, now nah, fuck that. Like, we're going at it. You know what I mean? And I had been cheated on repeatedly and violated. And we were going back and forth. And I was always taught, like, if a man comes at you on a physical level, fight or flight, like, you get the first and the last hit. And that was my programming. Yeah. So you know, fight or flight, we're arguing you in my face, I'm getting the first hit, like, you know, and then I realized, like, I'm hitting the person that not I never did it, like, you need to fucking listen to me, or it yeah. was like, you're screaming at me, please give me space, like, I'm good, I'm losing it, like, you know, and then it would just keep on, keep on, keep on, like you said, their only learning is screaming, mom is a screamer, you know, yeah. and then, so I, I, after that relationship, I was like, never again. I yeah. will never, ever, ever, 
Like I left it because it wasn't serving me and it, it got toxic when we got into a fist fight. Yeah. And so that for me, was like a big eye opener. Like, holy yeah. shit, Ed, you just had your own first domestic violence yeah. experience. Like, why did that happen? And I blamed him, you know? And then I dated someone else who was very young and clearly fucking mentally ill persistently. But yeah. we you know, one day he got drunk and he just started trying to choke me out of nowhere. And I'm like, holy shit. Like I'm in a domestic violence relationship again. Like, right. And, and that was, that was crazy. Oh my God. This kid popped up wherever I was and always at my door, banging on the door, screaming and yelling, let me the fuck in. I'm going to get you motherfucker. And it was just like, oh my God, this kid is crazy. He's literally crazy. Like, and then I still stood. And then I had to deal with like, why am I staying in this relationship? This this kid is gonna flip the fuck out. I'm sure huh? you were making excuses for him because yeah, he's he's right. He's mentally ill. He yeah. was drunk. It was a one off. He made a mistake. Oh, it was a second time, but I did agitate him, you know. Yeah. And then and then it just hit me like by the third or fourth time that he flipped out i was like this kid is fucking nuts and i've got to call the police and i've got to get him out of my life and that's it and that's it and he cried and he was sorry and i love you and when i said no and right yeah and i wouldn't do it again yeah i won't do it again i promise and then i'm sorry i respect that i just can't be in this relationship so you're not gonna fucking be with me so yeah. you're not going to fuck with me. I'm like, oh, my God. <laughs> this is why. This is why. I love this. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It, it, it's all, you know, you making excuses. And that's one of the things, like, victims do, both male and female, you know, um, they constantly make excuses. Um, oh, you know, he was just having a bad day. That's the famous line. He was having a bad day. So my thing is that, everybody's you're responsible for your own actions oprah said that best and i love it yeah. yeah because people people like to do and say things and not be held accountable you know yeah. you, you can't make excuse for someone's bad toxic behavior that's like a no-no and, yeah. and i know it's easier said than done because if love we all know love is the trigger and and if you love somebody you know you'll turn a blind eye and say you know i'll forgive them but no love shouldn't hurt love that's that that's the golden rule it shouldn't hurt yeah you what you say is profound and i want to i think i want to also ask you to to sort of turn the camera onto or like turn the lens the focus onto somebody who might be watching who is in a domestic violence relationship what would you say to them if they're if they're feeling like and then also if they want to get in touch with you how can they do that so so first what would you say to someone who's in a domestic violence relationship right now listen i know it's very difficult and it's easy for me to say to leave and i know sometimes it's not always easy to do that but think of it as your life is priceless and you only get one chance at it and if you have children they only get one chance and you need to see them grow up and become and blossom to the adult that you desire for them so leaving 
is your only option. Now, we can do it safely. You know, it doesn't have to be abrupt. It could be a safe transition. And safe meaning getting the right resources, aligning yourself with the right people. Making an exit plan. Getting an exit strategy and making your way out safely. And Delcar is always here. Um, You go to the website. We have our number there. Somebody will always answer you. Um, You know, because that is also linked to my phone. Mm-hmm. So I don't miss a beat. And Del Caro has been helping families in Guyana who's been affected with uh, DV. Like we give them um, baskets, uh, food basket, uh, since this whole pandemic started. Um, you know, we don't broadcast it on social media because some things aren't meant for social media. Yeah, well, you know, I want to say thank you too for being so great because you're so supportive. You've been supporting Let's Say We Are from the beginning. You know, I launched this concept thing and you've shown love. A lot of people talk a lot of game about being supportive, but they don't really support. And, right. and you you absolutely do. And she's she's all love, y'all. She's real deal. So, yeah. you know, if you are in a relationship, thank you again. But if you are in a relationship that is a domestic violence situation and you're watching this and any of this stuff has sort of sparked a light bulb and you're like, oh, shit, I'm in a domestic violence relationship. Reach out to Del Caro. You know, check them out, um, get some, get some, get some advice, get some feedback on your situation, some clarity, because your partner's going to tell you you're bugging. Your partner's going to tell you, ask you, what are you doing? And, and sort of keep you stuck in the cycle. And that's not the person that you want to really process the level of abuse that you're experiencing with. We also have a, a, I'm sorry to interrupt Eddie. Um, Oh, good, good. I don't want to forget this. We have a blog that we do, um, and one of it is how to support a friend um, going through a DV situation. And we have uh, different blogs on how to support the friend going through breast cancer treatment and different things. So I challenge you to go on the website, um, read the blog, um, because you never know when these resources will be useful. It could be for yourself or someone you know. You know, yeah, I, you say something that's so, so, so if, if you're a family member of a domestic violence victim, right, you could probably use some of these resources as well. Come from a place of love always. I, and you can correct me if I'm saying anything wrong, Delise, mm-hmm. but I think my advice to folks who are family and friends, the surrounding support system, you may be tired, you may feel exhausted. She's always, he's always calling whenever they get into a fight. They're always fighting. They always go back. What's the point? You're just going to go back. But if you were this person, would you need the love and support? Be unconditionally loving to that, to the victim, to the person that is going through the situation. Because at any point in time, it could be you. And also, they don't need to be, they don't need verification that they don't have anyone else or any other options. They need verification that they do have other people, that they do have options. And you just need to be there for them when they're ready. Not when you want them to be, but when they're ready to be. And that's important. No judgment. And uh, we should show a lot of empathy, you know, that that, uh, a lot of people, you know, I I think lately because of the pandemic, that kind of grew on a lot of people showing empathy, you know, and especially for people that's going through any situation, it could be DV, you could be going through a medical condition, it could be anything. You never know what somebody is going through. That's why it's imperative for you to show a little empathy, you know, put 
put yourself in their shoes. How would you want to be treated? Treat others the way you want to be treated. You know, it goes a long way. Yep, no judgment. And that's all about, we, you know, leche, all mindfulness. Mindfulness is simply bringing your awareness to whatever the present moment is, free of judgments, free yeah. of reactions, free of being being harsh. So yeah. definitely tell us how to follow you, where to find you, you know, how people can get. Yeah, um, we're at uh, IG is Del Caro NYC. And Facebook is the actually the whole name, uh, Del Caro Training and Logistics on Facebook. Mm -hmm. um, we have a nice little community there on Facebook. Um, and we also on Twitter at uh, the same handle as Instagram, uh, Del Caro uh, NYC. So, um, and of course you could visit the website as always. And like I said, one my phone is also linked to that hotline on Del Caro. So you'll be getting somebody 24 seven. And, and I literally mean that because sometimes, you know, I don't sleep. I'm up all night doing stuff for Del Caro and different things. So, you know. All right. That's beautiful. Well, thank you for doing the work that you do. Thank you for, for coming onto the podcast and for sharing some, shedding some light and love on a dark, heavy topic. Yeah. Um, you know, we try to keep it positive here, folks. But it's really difficult too when we're talking about violence, right? And 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 a, and a really um, serious issue that is occurring everywhere. I have a neighbor actually, really quick, a yeah. neighbor that's that's literally I go like this because they're like right across the street, and <sighs> this woman is, I I I don't know her, so I like I I want to come up to her and say please, please stop doing what you do every day and get this man out of your house or get out of this house with these kids. Yeah. Uh, there's like mentally challenged children that are clearly like, you know, in another world sort of deal out in the streets. And he's like, he's beating up neighbors. He's beating her. The cops get him arrested all the time and he keeps coming back home. And it's like, you know, and then at that times where the cops come and she's like, Oh, everything is fine. She's all lumped up. And she's like, no, 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 please, please don't, you know. And it's like, I just don't, I, oh, man. She's in denial. She doesn't think that there is anything wrong with her situation. Whatever she's going through um, with the relationship, she sees it as normal because it's been going on for so long. And, and that's the problem. She normalizes it now. So that's why she makes excuse for him in terms of, oh, everything is fine. Nothing is wrong. But deep down inside, you want to scream for help. Like, help me, somebody, please. Yeah, and then, yeah, it's, it's it's weird. It's just such a weird place to be. And I could see how people get frustrated. It's like, I've, there have been a couple of times where I've seen domestic situations in the streets, and I don't know these people, but I call the police just to be a good citizen, get yeah. the police out, because there's some abuse going on right here. And the police will come, and they go literally from, like, fighting each other to... Yeah. No, no, no. Everything's fine. Everything's fine. We're fine. We love yeah. each other. Yeah. You know, yeah. I was just like, yeah. what the yeah. fuck? So now that. I'm looking. So now I'm looking like I made a fraudulent 911 call and shit. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. It's just crazy. But um, you still, still in all, I'll still, I'll still, I'll make that phone call, baby. Because you know what? 
you just never know. And I don't, I would hate to be the witness to something that some, some murder or something. And like, I just could have made the call and I didn't. And That's so my cool. spirit just compels me. Law to enforcement, what you do and many other citizens do is called um, bystander intervention. Like mm -hmm. you're intervening, you're a bystander. You don't know who these people are, but you're doing your due diligence. The minimum you could do is pick up the phone and call 911. Yes, yes. You know, yes. yeah. <laughs> the least you could, yeah. and I've seen people like fighting in the street, people walking around them, going about their business. It's, it's really, we live in a, we need to be more connected, folks. Where people will just pass. And I think this was before COVID. Now it's a little bit different. But uh, before COVID, I think we were so numb to everything that was going on and oblivious to everything. Somebody could be beating someone and we would just walk on by. I've seen it done numerous of times, you know. Yeah. But now I think people have a little bit more empathy. Uh, I think so. And I, I'm, yeah. I'm hopeful that we're all going to find our leche yeah. and it's going to be a better place. Listen, <laughs> great. I, I think I have to say this one thing. I think I commend you for starting Leche We Are. That's something that we need. And I was always a person not into meditation. I'm like, who knew? I, I don't want to do no meditation. That, that's not for me. I'm good. Until, guys, until I did a meditation session with him, and it just calms my nerve. Like, I was anxious. I was flustered. I was like, you know, because I was going through something. And I took that time out to let go of myself and you know, draw my inner peace. And by doing a meditation with him, listen, I had like the best week ever. <laughs> That's awesome. Like you're making me emotional. Thank you for that. I appreciate that. And I'm happy that, it, you know, it really works folks. If you, if you're, if you're interested in mindfulness meditation, get in touch with me. I'm actually doing a mindfulness um, program coming up soon, but Check out lecherewear.com. It's free. Check out Dakaro NYC. It's always good to be to be educated, even if you're not in a situation like you said in the beginning of the podcast. You may not be in a domestic violence situation. You may just be affected by it by someone else, but also or or not. But you might be you might meet someone in the future, and you can see the signs and nip that shit in the ass before it even gets yeah. any further and move on. You know what I mean? Because I agree. And, and and too bad it's COVID, but we're going to do, because I, I wanted to collaborate uh, with you with Leche VR in something in person to, to bring a group of people and do a meditation. In, Let's do in, it. In, in Let's a, do it. Setting. I love so, to gather people to meditate. Let's do it. I'm trying to think of a safe area where everybody's going to be safe and, and, and still be socially distanced. But to We can do a social distancing. Listen, we can gather in the summer or sometime. Folks, me and Delisa are going to chop up some details. We're going to get back to y'all with up, an event. Up, yeah, so for sure. Knowing it. Yes, yeah. and, and we will do that. And and I, I can commit to that. If we have to wear masks, everybody six feet apart, we mark the floors, and I get a freaking uh, speaker with a freaking... Although, I don't know how that could be relaxing. Uh, maybe like a, a speaker to, to mic me and, and you know, project. Yes, we'll do that. We'll do that. I was thinking more like... <sighs> All right, breathe in now. <laughs> That's not gonna work. But, <laughs> but um, great, he's great, and I think um, to do a mindfulness with Del Caro in person, it, it's coming up because I really want what I experience 
And I know a lot of people have this same ideology in terms of, I don't need medication, meditation, sorry. Um, this is not for me. I'm not going through anything. I'm fine. I don't need that because that I was that person. Everybody does. Everybody needs it. I was that person too. So I feel you. We don't have much time now. We have to close out the least. Thank you so much. I love you. Meditation is the best medication. You said yeah. it right, actually. So right. before you get on medication, try meditation. You won't need medication. You understand what I'm saying? Right. All right. So listen, if you're watching this, thank you so much. Let us know what you thought about it. Share it with somebody who needs it. You know, until next time, know that you are limitless, light, love, and potentiality. Protect yourself and love yourself enough to know that you deserve to be in a loving, healthy, nurturing relationship and nothing less, baby. Okay. Thank you, Delise, so much. I love y'all. Take care. Happy Sunday. Peace. Bye.